At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. A busy show. We'll get to the Mets. We'll get to the Yankees. Both teams in action on Monday. Yankees are minus 220 in Baltimore to take on the Orioles. Minus 220, total 8.5. Mets take on the Cardinals. Williams against McColas. That is also 8.5. Mets are minus 120. I don't know if I mentioned the pitching matchup in Yankees-Orioles. That is Severino against Bradish, who threw the ball really well last time for Baltimore. Baltimore's got some really good prospects. Look, when you're bad for three or four straight years, you get high picks. You get good prospects. And Bradish is one of them. Threw the ball great last time. 11 strikeouts, no walks. He will be uh, opposing Severino Monday night. Weather pending. Supposed to have some bad weather here in the Northeast. So the Mets and the Yankees... Are both supposed to play here on Monday. Mets could really use a rainout. For the first time all year, the Mets had a, a bad weekend as they lose two out of three of the Mariners. They don't hit Friday night. They lose Scherzer's start. They lose a one-nothing lead. Same thing Sunday. They rally back. They they beat beat up Ray. And then they lose that game. McGill's beat up. Uh he's going for an MRI. McCann's hurt. So Mets have some issues right now. We'll get to them. Yankees are cruising. We'll get to the baseball here in a minute. But uh might be for the first time ever. Look, if you're not going to start with hockey after a game like that, you're just never going to start with hockey. What an incredible game. What an incredible series. As the Rangers win game 7-4-3, win the series 4-3. to And, hey, we sat here Wednesday and we said they're down 3-1. But, hey, all you need is one game and you make it 3-2. And you go to Pittsburgh and all the pressure's on the Penguins to close it out because if they don't do it there, it goes back to 7. And you're the favored team. You're home. You have the momentum for whatever that's worth. And, the Rangers got it done. They showed a lot of resilience. I mean, they're down 2 nothing in the Game 5. I mean, think about it. They gave up seven goals in Game 2, seven goals in Game 3. 
Uh, no, I'm sorry. Seven goals in game three and seven goals in game four. And they're down three games to one. Then they're down two nothing in the middle of game five. And they are dead as a duck when Crosby go gets hurt. And that was the crazy game where there was four goals in like two minutes. And they go from being down two nothing to up three two. Hang on to win that game. And then if you're Pittsburgh, all right, we had a chance to eliminate him. The series is over. I mean, the series is completely over. All right, if you're Pittsburgh, okay, we go back home Friday night, game six. We're in good shape. We just take care of business at home. And we move on to the second round. And they scored pretty early Friday night in game six. The Penguins do to go up one nothing, And they go up again 2 nothing, And then back come the Rangers to tie it, to take the lead. Uh, that game was also 4-3 to three, as the, the overs in this series have just been a complete cash cow. As have most of the playoffs. Some of the game seven unders have been good, but the overs in general have done really well. It's funny, the unders in the first period have done really well. But the overs for the game uh, have been incredibly well. Like I said, some of the game seven unders have done well, except for the Rangers. Uh, Penguins, obviously, that game went over. But uh, just an incredible performance as the Rangers, they score quickly Sunday night in game seven here to go up one nothing. Penguins answer the end of the first period in, in what was uh, a goal that got reviewed. And then another goal that gets, gets reviewed. And look, I, I'm not uh, Barry Melrose when it comes to hockey here, but from what everyone says, that goal should not have counted. It was a bad call. They went to review and still got the call wrong. So the Rangers get a bad break. They're down 2-1. to one. And before you can blink, they tie it up 2-2 two, two again. Before Pittsburgh takes a 3-2 lead. And then, what, five minutes to go. The Rangers get a, a tying goal, get the equalizer. The building's going crazy. You kind of felt at that moment that this is the Rangers game to win, series to win. I kind of felt all along like the Rangers were not going to go away here. We're going to punch back. Now, part of it's the injuries with the goalie, the injuries with Crosby having home ice for whatever that's worth. So uh, once it gets to overtime, look, at bounce of a puck, anything can happen. Who's the better team is almost irrelevant. But the Rangers on a power play get the goal. Place goes nuts. They advance. They will take on the Hurricanes. Looks like that series will start on Wednesday. I uh, just texted Chris the Bear Felica. I said, hey, what's a uh, what's a Rangers-Hurricane line look like? And he said, no, Hurricane's probably minus $1.70, and I would lay it with the Hurricane. So that's the... Uh, that's the input from the Bear. We'll get some hockey guests on. We'll talk plenty of hockey. But just an incredible performance here from the Rangers. I mean, think about it. It was uh, it was Wednesday when we were sitting here reading the futures odds for the hockey. And the Rangers were 50-1 to 1 to win the Cup. And now here they are in the second round with, uh, look, I mean, obviously they're going to be an underdog against the Hurricanes. But does that mean they can't win? No, of course not. I mean, they're going to have to play a lot better. They were sloppy, I think, a lot of times in this first round. But, hey. You move on, you win, you find a way to win, and you get new life. So it will be Rangers-Hurricanes here in the next couple days. Uh, the other series, the Lightning beat the Leafs. The Leafs just can't get out of their own way. Boy, the Leafs had that game one and game six. I mean, the, the way these hockey games swing is just incredible. I know all the, you could probably say that for all these sports, but, boy, the, the momentum in hockey and just the difference between moving on and not moving on is just so, so small, so subtle as the Lightning – eliminate the Leafs they will play the Panthers and that's another series where uh boy the Panthers they really had uh a million chances to lose that series to Washington Washington just couldn't grab it by the throat Washington played just as well uh, as Florida in that series so we're gonna have Tampa versus Florida it's interesting two Florida teams I'm not sure if that's good or bad for the league and then obviously the Rangers against the former Whalers, the uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Boy, that would uh, boy, that'd be Hartford Whalers against the New York Rangers. It just kind of dawned on me that if they were still around, that would be the series. So that'd be a real local flavor. But that is not the case. So uh, Rangers just just look an, an incredible incredible performance to get off the mat. In game five down two nothing, down two nothing again in game six, 
And then trail late here in game seven. I mean, just a ton of resilience. Give them all the credit in the world. Uh, what happens from here? I mean, it's anybody's guess. It's hockey. Anything can happen. Like I said, we'll get some guests on. We'll break it all down. But you got to give them all the credit in the world. And uh, that's one of those as a fan, you just you just kind of live for it. The, the relief of a game seven is just, it's almost, it, it's worse to lose than it is better to win. Because losing one of those, I can't even imagine if you're a Pittsburgh fan, if you're a Penguins fan. And you just had every opportunity, Wednesday in game five, Friday in game six. And then again, all right, you you bounce back even after falling behind one nothing tonight. And you're up two game, you're up two to one, you're up three to two. A few minutes away, one goal away. All you need is one goal. You go up 4-2, the series is over. Couldn't do it. The Rangers tie it. The Rangers survive. They win it in overtime. And just, boy, you know, game seven in the NHL. Game seven in any sport, but game seven in the NHL. And then you get overtime on top of it. The tension is just uh, is just remarkable. So uh, as we're recording this, Dallas and Calgary are still playing. So the odds have not been rejiggered. We'll get to the odds here. Uh, in a little bit, once that series is settled, I would imagine the Rangers, I don't know, 10 to 1 to win it all, 6 to 1 to win the East, something like that, plus 150 to win the series. I think that's the ballpark you're looking at here, as we will have a couple days here to break down that series. Looking forward to it. Um, and look, you got a lot of game sevens here in the NHL, a lot of game sevens. Really, it was just, it felt like every time you turned on the TV, it was a different game seven, whether it was Oilers King Saturday night. Bruins and the Hurricanes Saturday afternoon. Obviously, the Leafs and the Lightning. Just a uh, a ton of Game Seven action. Five Game Sevens in the NHL. Just uh, just great drama as the playoffs in the NHL head into the second round. The NBA heads into the Conference Finals. And what was a complete no show. That was one of the more stunning performances I can ever see. I can ever remember really. When you take into consideration the Suns won 64 games, they're a one seed, and that was not a series where home court didn't matter. They were. That the home team won every game by you know 15, 20 plus points. The home team dominated that series, and the Suns come out Sunday night and they are down 30 at half. They were down, I, I think, 50 at one point. It was at least 45, 47, something like that. Uh, the Suns end up losing by 33 at home. The Suns starters Booker, Paul, Aiton, uh, Crowder, and I forget who the other one is. Probably Bridges. One combined point, I think, is what it was in the first half. They had 27 points in the first half. And Luca had 27 points by himself in the first half. Just an incredibly, uh, boy, that's that's one where you have to question. You turn the TV on, and I think the announcer even mentioned, I think it was Harlan doing the game. He mentioned a couple times, if you're just tuning in, that score is real. That's not an error. I mean, at one point it was 67-27. I mean, this is not a, you know, this is not Gonzaga versus Mount St. Mary's in the first round. This is the one seed at home down 40-something points. Just a bizarre result. So the Mavs move on. Uh, boy, Chris Paul is never going to live that one down. The Suns are never going to live that one down. Unless you win a championship, and they're not winning a championship ever. I mean, they're just not. Paul's 37. He's hurt every year. Whether you just broke down or got tired or, you know, he was he's just shot, that, that's over for them. They were in the finals last year. They're up two games to none. They were the one seed this year. They won 64 games. It, it's a year where there's not a great team. It was right there for them to win it. So if you're not going to win it this year, enough with Chris Paul. They're done. They're not winning it. I don't know where you go from here. You'll be back next year. If you come back with the same team, you'll have a pretty good team. You know, you'll be in the mix. But uh, as far as them winning a championship, you, you can kind of forget it. The West will get better. Uh, it seems like their window has, has slammed shut. And boy, what an awful performance that was. As we get the Warriors and the Mavs. And then the Celtics and the Heat, a rematch. The bubble conference finals from two years ago. 
Celtics minus dollar seventy favorites in that series at Bet Rivers. Heat minus one and a half for Game One. You figure Heat are home. Heat are a little more rested. So that's that conference finals. Uh, the Mavs game just ended, so I'm not sure if that series price is up yet at Bet Rivers. I would imagine the Warriors would be minus 200, something like that, minus 190. There will be a little love for the Mavs, not just because of Luka, but because the way they ended that series. And hey, you got to give them credit. You got to give kid credit. You got to give uh, that front office credit. I mean, they did a really good job. I and mean, remember, they traded Porzingis at the deadline, and it was kind of like, boy, that was a weird deal to get Dinwiddie back. And hey, that roster works. It's Luka. It's a bunch of three point shooters. So. Our conference finals are set. We head to the second round in the NHL. When we come back, we'll do a little baseball. We'll go, uh, we'll check on the NFL schedule, which came out last Thursday. We'll do a little bit of everything. That is next. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Bet Rivers has your bases covered with early week betting fun. Your baseball bet gets a little extra pop at Bet River Sportsbook every Tuesday. Just log into Bet Rivers and receive a 20% profit boost on a baseball bet every Tuesday during the season. Use it on straight bets, player props, or a same-game parlay. You decide. Log on to the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com and get your 20% profit boost today. Must be 21 or older. Available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. All right, we are back. New York City cast, BetRivers Sportsbook. Don't forget, rate, review, subscribe, follow... Spotify, you can go to Spotify and you can, as long as you listen on Spotify, as long as you listen to one episode, you can give a five-star review. I think I'm up to 30 or so. I have the most of all the city cast. I, I would really like, uh, I checked how many Lombardi's podcasts, the GM Shuffle. The GM Shuffle has, I don't know, 400, 500. I would really like to catch Lombardi. And to be honest, I'd like to pass Lombardi and then show him, text it to him and be like, oh my God, I can't believe I, I have this many. I, you know, it's a few more than you. And then he'll... He'll get mad, but then he'll pretend like he doesn't care. It would be really great. So, uh, again, download, rate, review, subscribe, go to Spotify, leave us a five-star review. We would appreciate it. Uh, I mentioned before the break, NHL futures might not be up because the Ranger game just ended. Well, Bet Rivers did uh, did a really good job getting these up right away. Eastern Conference winners, Panthers plus 150. This is to uh, to win the East. Panthers plus 150. Hurricanes plus 265. Lightning are 3-1. to one. And the Rangers are the long shot on the board at plus 575. Uh, so, boy, that's uh, not not a bad number on the Rangers. Maybe you're better off playing them series by series. But, hey, this uh, this Rangers team was, what, 50-1 to 1 to win, it, win the Cup, you know, five days ago. And here they are with a chance to, uh, to, to move on here as they play the Hurricanes. And that line has to be up. Yeah, it is. Wow, Hurricanes minus $1.95, Rangers plus 157. So, uh, the bear was in the ballpark. Rangers are a sizable underdog. And maybe that opened 170, 180. And the Hurricanes uh, took some money. Because like I said, the Rangers weren't very impressive in round one. I mean, they showed a lot of heart, a lot of gumption. But just, I mean, it was a struggle. It really was. I mean, the defense, the goalie, uh, they, they they showed a lot of issues. So, hey, it's hockey. You never know. You get these Cinderella's. So, we'll, we'll break that down in the next coming days. Uh, as I mentioned, baseball teams in action tonight. Yankees in Baltimore. Yankees minus 220 with Severino against Bradish. Uh, Bradish is really good. Bradish, I, look, I only watched him pitch once, but he had 11 strikeouts, no walks last week. Just dominant stuff. And when you're bad for this long, like Baltimore has been, what, three, four years where you're just basically the worst team in the league, you're going to get top picks. You're going to get to, you know, start to get some prospects. And 
him, the catcher, I get the uh, Rodriguez Hall, these pitchers they have in the minors, they've got some good young arms. So they're going to be pretty good here in a couple of years. This is not going to be the punching bag it's been uh, for the Yankees who have just buried Baltimore year after year. You look at this line as the Yankees are minus 220, totals eight and a half. You're just kind of conditioned as somebody who watches baseball, follows the Yankees to see Yankees, Orioles, especially in Camden. And you think, all right, Yankees money line, Yankees run line, Yankees team total over. It's just, I don't, I don't know that it's turned yet, but look, they didn't play well against them last year. And it's funny, this is the only team they've lost a series to is Baltimore. They've beaten everybody else. And that was kind of their low point of the season. Remember, they lost that weekend series about a month ago to Baltimore. And they got, you know, they didn't score any runs. They couldn't hit. And to me, that's still a little bit of concern for this Yankee team. You know, kind of for at the bottom of the order. If you're going to nitpick here, and the Yankees have been outstanding. As we get to the the uh, the future odds here, they are minus one seventy to win the division, eight to one to win the World Series here at Bet Rivers. Mets are also eight to one to win the World Series. Mets are minus two hundred to win the division. I don't love any of those numbers. Look, the, the better numbers are just are long gone. Minus two hundred with the Mets, especially with their injuries. We can get to that in a minute. I don't know if that's a great price. Yankees minus one sixty seven. If if they have a good week or two, that that it's not going to be. You're not going to see a one there for long. They're going to be minus two hundred pretty soon too. The one quibble, I guess it would be a couple. The bottom of the lineup, Kiner Falefa, we know he's not much of a hitter. Uh, he can't hit. The catcher can't hit. Everyone who wanted Sanchez gone, oh, I can't stand Sanchez. I get it. Pass balls. You know, disappointment. He was supposed to be a big-time player, and he was when he first came up. For all these people that always, hey, start Higashioka, bench Sanchez. Well, you got your wish, Higashioka. Higashioka can't hit. And Kiner Falefa can't hit. And Hicks has one homer. Now, I know the on-base percentage is good. I think he's got one homer and one double. His power numbers are awful. There's only so many guys you can carry when that can't hit. Now, I know Judge has just been out of his mind. He's got a chance to win an MVP, making more money by the day. I mean, the fact the Yankees didn't get him signed is something they're going to regret because he's either going to get more money from the Yankees, he's going to get more money from somebody else. He's going to go play somewhere else, or you're going to end up paying him more than what you offered. So you did a bad job not re-signing him. Uh, you know, look, LeMahieu's bounced back. Torres has shown a nice resurgence. That's important. The Yankees got, five, you know, five or six good hitters. Donaldson's starting to come around. It's just tough to carry three guys that can't hit. So I wonder at the deadline, will they address that? Will they try to get one more bat? The Mets uh, can also use a bat. And like I said, we'll get to the Mets in a minute with some of their injury issues. They didn't have a great weekend. So that's the issue with the Yankees, the power. that that You know, the power at the bottom, the depth of the lineup. You think of the great Yankee teams, you think of Brozier's batting ninth, hitting 300, or you think of, you know, that 09 team where Cano in his prime was hitting seventh, and Melky Cabrera, who ended up being, you know, an all star, borderline all star for a lot of his career, was, I think, a fourth outfielder on that team. And that was just a really good Yankees. When they're good, they're deep. And this lineup is really good. It, it's good. I don't know how, how good it is. I don't, wouldn't call it great, but it's not as deep as some of these other Yankee teams. But they just keep rolling. They won three out of four in Chicago. Uh, and, and the other thing I forgot to mention with the Yankees, the one game they did lose, and the Yankees have shown a lot of comeback ability, a lot of fight, which they didn't last year. They blew a big lead Thursday, came back, ended up scoring 15 runs. And you like the fact that they can win a game 15-7 to after blowing a big lead. And then earlier in the week, you know, they beat Texas 2-1, to 1-0. One, one to They're winning one nothing games. They're winning 15-7 to seven games. It, it seems like a different guy every day is doing it. You know, Torres gets hot for a few games. Rizzo was hot at a time. Judge carries the team, then Stanton gets hot. So it's a different guy every few days, which you like. But the one game they did lose, they're down 2 nothing Saturday night against Keuchel. They came back. They hit Hendricks, who they always hit. They tie the game. And then Chapman comes in. Chapman's an issue. 
Chapman's an issue, and I know the numbers are good, the ERA is good, but he walks everybody. He doesn't throw as hard as he used to. And I don't know what you do because, like I said, the ERA is still pretty good. I think the ERA is still under one. But if you're a Yankee fan, you just okay, and I've defended Chapman. I've liked him more than I think a lot of people. You can't feel good when that guy comes into the game. You just can't. You absolutely can't. You just don't trust him. The ball goes all over the place. He's wild. You know, he's sweating everywhere. You're sweating everywhere. It's just a disaster when Chapman comes in the game. And if he is the closer from now until the end of the season, it will cost them. It will cost them. And there's too many other good guys in that pen. King's outstanding. Holmes is unbelievable. I don't know how the Pirates. The Pirates got to be the, just the biggest joke of an organization. Because they let all these guys go, whether it's, you know, glass, though. You go down the line. Uh, who else was the big-time pitcher? I mean, the, the Pirates are just infamous for letting these uh, big-time pitchers, big-time players get away and go elsewhere and just dominate. Holmes is outstanding. He throws 99 and everything's a bowling ball. Everything, you know, sinks and cuts. He's just really good. King's really good. Chapman's like their third, fourth, maybe fifth best reliever. Chapman, I do not trust. Chapman is an issue. I don't know what you do about that because he's got the stature. You know, it's not like he's the kind of guy where you say, all right, buddy, you're going to go pitch the sixth or the seventh inning. He's not going to be okay with that, but you might have to just be okay with the fact that he's not okay with that because that's going to be an issue at some point. But other than that, look, it's a hell of a team. They have a, a five-game lead in the lost column on Tampa, an eight-game lead on the lost column in Toronto, who just can't really get it together. Can't really get it together. So Yankees are in good shape. Like I said, 8-1 to one to win a World Series here. Bet Rivers, they play Baltimore, then they play the White Sox again, then Baltimore again. As far as a bet tonight, I wouldn't lay the 220, just because I think that's a little high. I think they'll probably win. It's actually minus 210 now that I'm looking at it. Uh, could you get a prop here? What would a Severino prop be? Over strikeouts, over six and a half. I could lean to the over there. Kind of a young, free-swinging lineup with the Orioles. I could buy an over six and a half strikeouts for Severino. And I would lean towards the under. I guess the under in the first five, just because I do like Bradish, and I think Severino could have a, a decent night against this lineup. You know, Bradish can go either way because he's a young guy with good stuff. He's a guy the Yankees haven't seen before, so that's a, a dangerous combination for the Yankees. But he's also... You know, some of these young guys, they can look great one night and the next night just not have any command, be in the middle of the plate, walk people, that kind of thing. So, uh, you know, and that's not as small as ballpark as it used to be. It's not that small. They built a huge wall. They moved the wall back and they built like a, a mini green monster out there. So it's not as easy to hit home runs. The Yankees just used to hit a million home runs, make it look like batting practice out there. It's not the case anymore. So maybe under first five, four and a half, that's not a, not a bad way to go as... Boy, if you watch baseball, it's just it's hard to score runs. You at one point yesterday, it was like all these games were in the seventh, eighth inning, and the Pirates threw a no hitter and didn't win the game, which is just emblematic of. Did I say the Reds? Yeah, the Reds. The Reds threw the no hitter but lost the game to the Pirates. And you look around baseball. This team had three hits. This team had four hits. This team had three hits. I mean, just nobody can hit. It's it's a couple things. These guys are trained to throw so hard and trained so well to throw the ball with velocity to throw it with spin. And you know, once you generate the velocity and the arm speed, once you spin it off that, it's just very hard to hit. You know, when you're throwing 98, 99 and you just spin it, the ball, I mean, it's just, it's very hard to hit. You basically have to guess as a hitter where the ball's going to go, what direction, because it looks like the same exact pitch for 45, 50 of the 60 feet. And then one ball goes one way, the other ball goes the other way. So it's just very hard to hit that combined with the fact that these shifts, I mean, these hitters are studied to such a scientific point where they know, you know, the defense, the, the pitching staff knows where the ball is going to be hit when these certain players are at the plate a majority of the time. So you're seeing these extravagant shifts combined with the fact that these pitchers just have incredible stuff. It's just everything. The pendulum has swung too far to the pitchers. So I, I am kind of 
happy that at some point, I think next year they're going to ban the shift or cut down on the shift. I think, you know what, I, I'm actually for that. I wasn't for a while. I said, you know what, nobody tells Bill Belichick where he, where he can play his safeties. You, you're allowed to line up wherever you want. I've kind of changed my position on that. Play your position. If you're the shortstop, play the shortstop. Somebody hits a rocket up the middle, it should be a base hit. I, I think it would be good for the game that we get a little more offense. Give the give the hitters a chance because these these hitters have no chance. These pitchers just have incredible stuff. And with the shifts and uh, everything, I think just everything is in favor uh, of the pitching. So that was a little bit of a tangent. I meant to get to the Mets. Uh, the Mets... You knew it wasn't going to be smooth sailing. This was the first weekend where you just, if you had a, if you're a Mets fan, you kind of have some bad thoughts creep into your head. Uh, McGill's going for an MRI. He got bombed the other night. Now his arm's bothering him. I think it's a bicep. So we'll wait and see on that. You know, there's going to be injuries, but hey, that's that's the one thing I've been very optimistic on this Mets team. That's the one thing that can derail the Mets. It can derail any team. You're already Tom Degrom. You start to lose pitcher after pitcher. All right, you can survive without McGill. He's been really good. You can survive. You can bring up Peterson. You still have Scherzer and Bassett, but you're one one away. If McGill's down for a month or so, and we don't know how long he's down, if McGill's down a month or so, uh, you're one injury, you're one pitcher away here with with no Degrom in the mix for at least a little while, and we haven't got an update on that yet. You're one of Bassett or Scherzer going down away from being in some trouble because Carrasco's okay, he's bounced back, but how much do you trust him? You know Peterson. All right, back of the rotation guy, I get that. But other than that, I mean, I don't. You're cutting it thin here. You're cutting it thin here. You you can't lose more than two pitchers. Two pitchers is enough, especially when one of them is Degrom and McGill's basically been an all star. Now you're getting in danger zone. So Mets are still in good shape. Five in the loss over Philly. Six in the loss column lead over Atlanta. They play St. Louis for four starting Monday night. Trevor Williams against McCullough. Like I said, weather pending. It's supposed to rain here, so. Uh, you know, they lost the series for the first time. This is the first time as a Met fan you say, all right, this this was a bad bad weekend, a bad three or four days here. You're playing 162 of these. It's not going to be smooth sailing. You're not going to just have, uh, I mean, very few teams just take the division and run and hide. And not saying they still can't do that, but these injuries, losing a series, this was a bad three or four days for the Mets. And mo most teams, just about all teams, are going to have a bad week, a bad three or four days. So this was one for the Mets. Hopefully McGill's not too serious. I don't know if I would call this an important game for the Mets, and, and I don't even know that they're going to play it. Sounds like they might not, but uh, the one thing about the Mets, they haven't had huge winning streaks. They haven't had big losing streaks. They've just been the model of consistency. If you lose tonight, this is losing three out of four. You kind of want to stop the bleeding here, and that's what the Mets have done a good job of this year. You know, they lose one or two in a row, they win. You know, they lose, the, the, you know, they split the first two games of a series, they win that third. They, they stop the bleeding. They haven't had a, a, a pileup. They haven't had... A situation where, all right, we lost three in a row, we lost four in a row, here we go again. The, the Mets have done a nice job putting the Band-Aid on it right away and you know, winning games they have to, to to get things going in the right direction. So that's kind of one of those games for the Mets tonight. You'd like to win this, you know, at least maybe get three out of four, start to feel good about yourselves, and you go to Colorado soon, you go to you know, you go, go to Colorado after this, you got the Dodgers down the line, the Phillies. So the schedule gets a little tougher uh, for the Mets here. As we still wait on news for DeGrom, and obviously we'll see what happens with McGill. McCann, the catcher's out for a little bit of time now. So uh, that's the one thing I, I wanted to mention. I mentioned it with the Yankees. They need a bat. The Mets probably need a bat here. Now, Lindor hit a homer Sunday. He, you you got to start to wonder. You got you gave this guy a 10-year contract. You got to start to worry. If you go through really since the 2020, that shortened season, he is not the offensive monster he used to be. He, he's okay. He's better than an average. You know, he's a good shortstop, although, you know, 
he's a little erratic at times. I don't know that you're getting the player you thought you were getting for the next 10 years. I mean, he's still an above average player. He's still a guy you want on your team. Absolutely. But boy, that contract five, six, seven years from now, I don't know. And the Mets are a little thin. I mean, Marte, uh, Alonzo, Lindor in the middle of the order. Khan has got some big hits. Khan has gotten some big hits, but you could definitely use one more bat. It's a lot of Guillermes and Nitos and Dom Smith. It's you can definitely use one more thumper. You don't need a three-hitter, but you need, I don't know, a, a good five-hitter. A good, you know, 85-90 RBI. Not that anybody even is going to drive in 90 runs the way baseball is going now. But you know what I mean. You need a good, like, B-plus bat to add to this team. I think that's one thing uh, the Mets will add at the deadline. And, of course, probably add a reliever. Everyone's always looking for relievers. So that's the Mets. I, I would expect, I don't know if I should say expect them to win tonight. But minus 120. At home tonight, if they play, which I don't know that they will, uh, I would look towards the Mets here on the money line. Like I said, they've done a pretty good job um, of winning games when they needed to. So Yankees um, under four and a half, first five. I think that's under four now. Yeah, under four, under four, first five, over six and a half strikeouts for Severino. And then the Mets minus 120. We'll see how much baseball we get in tonight. Quickly, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get you out of here on the schedules, which came out Thursday. The Giants, whose season win total is seven. I'm starting to talk myself really into the under there. I don't know. Is this team winning eight games? The more you get the sense of it, the more you read. Not that the Giants are tanking, but this is a year where the Giants are just kind of going to kind of rip the Band-Aid off and say, you know what? We have to get our cap situation under control. We might need to take two steps backwards before we take a step forward. Cut Bradbury. Uh, I think the Giants... Somebody asked me this. Are the Giants, how do they phrase it? Do the Giants have a better chance of picking number one in the draft or making the playoffs? It's a great question. I'd probably say picking number one in the draft. I think this could be a year where the Giants win three, four games and they're okay with it. You know, build the culture, undo what Gettleman did, undo what Judge did, rebuild the talent, replenish. And next year's a really good quarterback class. So uh, this might be a situation where the Giants take two steps back to take a step forward. So I, I look, would look towards the under seven here with the Giants, and we'll get to the schedules. Uh, all A bunch of these lines are up. We'll spend plenty of time on football. Uh, probably sometime this week we'll, we'll go through the schedule, get get a guest on and kind of break down the schedule and what it means in terms of the betting market. I mean, we knew the opponents, and we knew where these games were going to be. It's just a matter of the order. So one thing that jumps out with the Giants, they do have nine home games, seven road games, and one neutral because their neutral game in London against Green Bay counts as a road game. So that's a little bit of a break. Except you remember the Giants have been awful at home the last, I don't know, five, eight years. The Giants, first of all, it's not a it's not a crazy home crowd anyway. It's an older giant fan base. And they've been bad. And the team is and the, the fans turn on the team. You know, Jones has played terribly at home. The Giants have done poorly at home. So normally that would be an advantage. I think it's less of an advantage uh for the Giants than it would be for other teams. But the Giants do start at Tennessee, then they go home Panthers. Home Cowboys, that is a Monday night game. Boy, do we really need to see Cowboys-Giants in primetime? Haven't we seen this movie enough? My goodness. But uh, that is week three. Week four, home for the Bears. Week five, at Green Bay, but that's in London, so that's a neutral game that counts as a road game. Week six, home for the Ravens. Week seven, at the Jags. Week eight, at Seattle. Week nine is a bye. Week 10, the Texans. Boy, Giants-Texans, week 10. Set your calendars for that one. Week 11, the Lions. Week 12, they play Thanksgiving uh, against the Cowboys. I can't remember the last time the Giants played the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Obviously, there's that iconic 
LT pick six. Was that the Lions or the Cowboys he did that against? I think that was against the Cowboys. But they do get the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, November 24th, week 12. Then they get Commanders, Eagles, Commanders again, Vikings, and the Colts. The Vikings game is, what is that, Saturday? Saturday, Christmas Eve. Okay, so that's a primetime game, but they say it's at 1 o'clock. That is in Minnesota. So that's the Giants schedule. We'll go through their win total, the division. We'll spend plenty of time on football. Don't worry. Uh, and again, my lean here would be on the Giants under. I don't think they're going to win eight games. At worst, they win seven and you push and, and you know you get your money back. But I do not see uh, the Giants winning eight games and competing for a playoff spot. I just think it's a rebuilding year. I think they have too much bad to undo. To, to you know, put it bluntly, there's just too much to be reversed here. There, it was such a mess to clean up that I don't think it's a it's a one or two year cleanup. The Jets. We're scheduling quirk for the Jets. Their first four games are against the AFC North, so they are home against the Ravens. Ravens are minus four in that one. Jet, and then they are, are at the Browns, home for the Bengals, who they beat last year. If you guys remember on Halloween, just an incredible upset, and then the Bengals go on to the Super Bowl. So first, first week is home for the Ravens, then at Browns, home for the Bengals, at Steelers. Then they get home Dolphins, at Packers, at Broncos, home for the Pats, home for the Bills, at Patriots. They'll be... Mathematically eliminated by this point. Then they are home, home for the Bears at Minnesota, at Buffalo, home for the Lions, home for the Jags. That should be fun. Boy, that's a Thursday night one. Get ready for that one. Thursday night football, Jags, Jets, Thursday, December 22nd. Then they finish the season at Seattle, at Miami. They are still five and a half at Bet Rivers. I have no play on that one just because I think with all the optimism around the Jets draft, I actually think that's going to get to six just because people are going to say, all right, Jets had a great draft. They're rebuilding Wilson. All the reports on Wilson, he's put on eight pounds of muscle. He's working with the rest of the team, yada, yada. Okay, it's still a really bad roster, and it's still a brutal division and a brutal conference. So if it gets to six, I'll be playing on the under on that one too. I just I don't know that this team is ready to get to seven, eight wins. I still think they're around five or six, depending on the improvement, obviously, with Wilson. So plenty to do on the football in the next coming days, coming weeks. We're getting, to, I think we're 110 days away from the NFL season, something like that. So it'll be here before you know it, pretty soon preseason. Uh, NBA playoffs in the conference finals. Mets and Yankees both playing all week. Rangers still alive. So great time of the year. Uh, the lottery is Tuesday. So we'll see if the Knicks finally get some luck in terms of the lottery. I don't know that this is a great year to win the lottery, but hey, you'd rather be picking first or second than... 8th, 9th, 10th, or whatever. So we'll spend plenty of time on all that in the next coming days. Thank you guys for listening. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.